Pachango. It's 10-10-2-3, October 10th. This is your host of the Tangentially Speaking Podcast, Christopher Ryan. This is Aroma. It's going to be partly free Roma, partly paid Roma. Because the uh, paid Roma encourages people to chip in and support the podcast, which I am contractually obligated to mention occasionally, at least occasionally, Um, because otherwise I paint myself into a corner where I am making almost no money from the podcast and then say, why the fuck am I doing this podcast? And then I get all frustrated. And But the fact is that I love doing the podcast. And if I weren't doing the podcast, I would probably feel lonely. Lonely. Uh, I held bear shit in my hand today. Not everyone can say that. Not I can say that. I cannot say that every day. But today is a day in which I found uh, a neighbor's bag of garbage had been dragged into the woods and ripped apart by a bear. There are bears around here that get into the garbage. And I was cleaning it up. I had some gloves on uh, and I was just sort of just quickly grabbing things and throwing them into a trash can. And there was a pile of stuff with um uh wrappers like uh, foil wrappers and stuff so i just thought it was trash and i picked it up and i was throwing it in the in the bag and i realized wait uh, wait a minute (laughs) these wrappers actually have gone through a bear's digestive system and i am holding bear shit with a few tin foil wrappers so that was interesting uh yeah i've definitely seen bear shit around Um, But I don't think I've ever actually held it. So, new experience. Broadening my horizons. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Middle East. And um, just a warning, that is going to piss people off. Uh, Not because I am going to say anything particularly provocative, but just because there is no way to say anything at all, I think, without pissing people off. Because... Everyone is so entrenched in their righteousness and uh, rage. Rage and righteousness, two things that tend to go together. Um, And uh, it's a horrible situation, no matter what. It is a horrible fucking situation. But we'll talk about that later. Uh, First... I'm going to play some um, some of these intro snips that come in, and uh, and we'll talk about that. I'm going to play some music. It's another reason that this needs to be a bifurcated episode, because when I play music uh, and make it a paid episode, that doesn't go to Spotify, and I guess for some reason it doesn't trigger the various... Um, monitoring systems on the internet and uh, even though I believe that legally I'm in the clear to use music 
um, as long as it's got some kind of an educational purpose, I guess. That's what somebody told me a long time ago. Uh, worst case scenario, if I get flagged, I just take it down, but, uh, or remove the music and, you know, repost it without, um, certainly not trying to rip anybody off or it's funny in all the years that I've, I've played music, I've only had, uh, a complaint once of hundreds and hundreds of episodes, um, yeah, one person got really upset. And ironically, you know, when I do play, I don't play the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And, you know, I don't play this commercial stuff that everyone's heard of a million times. I tend to try to play uh, stuff that either is very obscure, so it's adding some value to my audience's life. Like, yeah, I've never heard that. That's, a you know, some funky African tune or from Indonesia or Brazil, or, you know, I tend to go for the world music stuff, um, or just something, you know, from an audience member who sings a song in or something like that. Um, but this, this particular case was someone covering, I forget who it was, uh, sort of semi well-known. And I, I was going to play that song. And then, uh, I think it was Anya or, or another friend of mine said, oh, there's a really good cover of that uh, by this this woman is nobody's ever heard of. So I, I used that. And that woman got so pissed off and like was calling me out on, on Instagram and giving me all this shit. And I was like, geez, sorry, sorry. I was you know trying to help. Um, but really, uh, it really was, was nasty. Like she was telling me I owed her you know, $3,000 and cause I'm a rich, you know, podcaster and I don't know, people have a inflated sense of, um, you know, who I am or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. So one out of 500 and some episodes, I got a complaint, but, and I was very happy to take it down immediately and limit the damage done. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things when I use music, especially music that's, you know, like even Carsey Blanton, I can't put anything with Carsey Blanton on YouTube because YouTube flags it. And the fact that Carsey Blanton herself has given me permission to use it and, and rotate YouTube and, you know, doesn't matter. You just get into this legal minefield and it's just not worth the trouble. So... Uh, anyway, that's, uh, I've got some ideas for, I'm always looking for like bonus content, um, you know, to make it, to give back something for your five bucks a month. And one of the things, uh, that I've been thinking of recently is do sort of, um, I've always sort of wanted to be a, you know, a radio DJ. So do a bit of like a radio show. And where I'll uh, talk about songs, why I love this song, the backstory of the song, or, you know, some trivia or something that I know about it, and have thematic um, playlists. So kind of like an old mixtape, you know, back in the day when people had mixtapes, um, do something like that. So I've got uh, a bunch of different lists. Um, let me see. Yeah. So I've got... Uh, different lists, um, focused on things like, uh, songs that are, have some sort of mystical, magical content. That's one of them. Um, 
I've got a list of songs that, that are ironic in some way. So either they're the performers making fun of himself um, or just making fun of a genre. So, for example, uh, the Oakland-based rapper Too Short has a song called I Want to Fuck Your Sister. And it's a really romantic kind of crooner, uh, Barry White kind of vibe. <laughs> but the song, it's like this romantic song. And he's singing to his girlfriend about how he wants to fuck her sister and always has. And, you know, how she looks at me when you're not around and all this stuff. That's pretty funny. Uh, what else is on that? Uh, Emotional Rescue by the Rolling Stones, making again, making fun of romance and disco. And uh, let's see, another another thematic group would be songs in which the songwriter is explaining how much it sucks to be famous. <laughs> so like uh, Star People by George Michael, uh, Big Time Peter Gabriel, Limelight by Rush. Um, yeah, so if if you think of any songs that fit into these categories that you would love to hear on my radio show, uh, feel free to send them in. Got another list. Uh, I, I just, the title is Relationship Observations. So kind of like commenting uh, maybe men commenting on women or women commenting on men. Uh, yeah, or just like breakup songs, but, you know, something that's particularly touching. Uh, songs that offer life advice. I got a few on that list. Songs that are not what they sound like. Got a few on that list. Uh, great covers. Great origin story. Uh, and then I've got some classical stuff and some jazz. So stay tuned for that. If you're a supporter of the podcast, you will be getting those uh, those song lists that you can play when you're driving in the car, like in the old days. Commercial free radio with uh, CPR DJ or DJ CPR. Not sure which works better. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Let's move along here. Uh, Alex from Tulsa. Hello, Alex. Hey, Chris. My name is uh, Alex Poe from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I, uh, I've i been listening to your podcast for a couple months now. I, I kind of found you from Brogan and, and Trussell. And, uh, man, I've just been binging your stuff. I've, I've really... I've really resonated a lot with what you say and, um, you know, the anthropological approach to kind of piecing together why modern society doesn't work. It just, I mean, it fascinates me. It's like the more you dive into it, the more you think you're uncovering this. I don't know if you know that always sunny meme with, with Charlie where he's like, putting all the pieces together. I feel like I'm putting together all the pieces of this grand conspiracy. Anyways, love your stuff, man. And, um, I, uh, I know you like putting music on your podcast a lot and obviously don't feel pressured to, to put this on your podcast, but I just, since you like music, I, I do music and, um, I love doing it. It's my passion. And, uh, I, I have this song coming out actually tonight at 11 PM. Um, so it'd, it'd be live probably by the time you'd be hearing it. Um, 
called Brother. Uh, it's a song about my brother and just we have, we're eight years apart. And so just kind of watching him grow up and, and become a man is a, it's an interesting thing. And so um, that's what I wrote the song about. And so I'll attach it in this email. And uh, I just, just wanted to say thank you for, for what you do. Thank you for the books that you write, the, the ideas that you put out there. And um, I just wanted to express my gratitude. Thanks, man. You're my brother, now you are a man I remember when mom could fit you inside her hand Now you could probably kick my ass Let's not test that Don't let your path become tainted by the fact not every day will be faithful as the last So keep your head up Don't get fed up by the day, day Thank you, Alex from Tulsa. You can uh, see Alex play that song, Brother, on YouTube. I just found him, Alex Poe, P-O-E. Check it out. Go uh, give him some thumbs up. Uh, funny song. Now you could probably kiss my, kick, not kiss, kick my ass, but let's not test that. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to talk about the whole Middle East thing until later. We'll save that for the uh, paying subscribers only. Um, there's a lot going on in the world. Holy shit. I mean, and it's all related. That's the thing. And, and I, I mean, I will just say just briefly, it's like, it's really difficult when, when, when things in history, things, every decision, every action that takes place today creates tomorrow, right? Every move that we make now reverberates and in, you know, both in a sort of an abstract karmic sense, but also in a very concrete sense, creates the conditions for the future. And you know, I think maybe I should, uh, it's one of those rare instances where I tweeted something the other day and I kind of feel like that sort of sums up my thoughts. And my thoughts are, if you refuse to treat people like human beings, eventually they'll act like animals. And I feel every time I, I use that construction, someone acts like an animal, I feel a little guilty that I'm insulting animals because, of course, animals aren't... I don't think animals are motivated by vengeance um, and injustice the way humans are. But, you know, you can talk about things happening and them being absolutely unforgivable and unjustifiable and yet understandable. And that's the thing. I think I think when people are very upset, they refuse to acknowledge that anything is understandable because to them that sounds like justification. 
and you say, well, you know, this is unjustifiable. What they did, this raping, this murder, this, you know, killing of innocent people, this is unjustifiable. And that's true. It is unjustifiable. But that doesn't mean that it's incomprehensible or that it doesn't take place within a context of suffering and grievance and injustice that makes it seem justifiable to some people. Just as the bombs that are being dropped on Gaza right now that are killing people who had nothing to do with any of this, burying children in rubble as the apartment building collapses because the Israelis dropped a bomb on it, that's unjustifiable. That's equally horrendous and intentional. And so I think a lot of what happens in these situations is that Something is, you know, you know, like in the Afghan war with ISIS and all this kind of stuff, this was always going on. They would, you know, behead somebody and show the video. And, and it's like, oh, my God, that's absolutely barbaric. That's so horrible. How can that happen? And in America, particularly, we would get really riled up about it. And, and rightly so. It is horrible. It's fucking horrible. And unjustifiable. And and then Obama would order a drone strike on a wedding party because one of the guests was, you know, some wanted ISIS terrorist and absolutely just blow apart 30 people into little bits, women, children, everybody, just blow them up because there's one guy there and sometimes it was the wrong guy, but there's a guy there. And somebody told us that that guy was a bad guy, so we're going to blow up the wedding party. And, you know, there's there's no YouTube video of that. So we don't see that. But it's just as bad. So, I don't know. I guess I, I, I shot my wad here. That's all I have to say about it. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know. You know, the Israelis have openly said, the minister, I forget which minister, but a minister in the government of Israel said, Gaza is an open-air prison. That's that's what we consider it, and that's how we're going to treat it. It's fenced off. No one can come in or out without Israel's permission, not by sea, not by land, not by air. Nothing can come in or out. No, no shipments. Um, they're all checked by the Israeli military, apparently. Somehow all those missiles got in there. Um, yeah, so what do you do? I mean, do you look at just numbers? Well, if we're looking at numbers from 2008 until about a month ago, 308 Israelis were killed in conflict between Palestinians and Israelis. In that same amount of time, 6,407 Palestinians were killed. So, 6,400 Palestinians, 308 Israelis. Can we do the math? I mean, is math relevant? What about injured? 
6,307 Israelis were injured in that amount of time from 2008 until a month ago. And in the same period, 152,560. 152,560 Palestinians were injured. This is according to the United Nations. So, is it anti-Semitic to show the imbalance here? Is it anti-Semitic to point out the injustice of Israeli policies vis-a-vis the Palestinians? No. In my opinion, it's not. Other people will say anyone who says anything, any anything other than complete 100% condemnation of the Palestinians is an anti-Semite. Well, I don't accept that. That's bullshit. And I don't think being critical of Israeli policies is anti-Semitic either. This has nothing to do with religion. This is about geopolitics, military policy. And, uh, yeah, it's a fucked up situation, and I don't see any way out of it. But um, I think, as always, with any conflict situation, the first step to uh, resolving conflict has to be the acknowledgement that both sides see themselves as the aggrieved parties and that any outside observer has to acknowledge that both sides have a point. That's the thing. There are many situations in life in which there is not a good and a bad. There's not evil and whatever the opposite of evil is. Righteous. There is not a clear delineation between those who are, you know, on the side of God and those who are on the side of of Satan. It's just not the way life is. And as long as we continue to think in those terms that, you know, the Ukrainians are 100% right and the the Russians are 100% evil or the you know, the Palestinians are 100% innocent and the Israelis are 100%. That's just bullshit. It's just not true. It, it, and it, it's not just that it's not true. It's that it actually blocks any movement toward a resolution. Because if you see the other side as evil, like the you know, that's what's happening in the press right now. And and again, I'm not justifying anything. I can certainly understand how, you know, Israelis can look at what these videos that of the massacring people at this music festival and, and just the horrible, horrible things that were done. They can look at that and say, these people are undeserving of any consideration whatsoever of any dignity of any uh, humane treatment. I understand that, but I guess I'm far enough away from the situation that I'm still capable of saying that is not going to get you toward a resolution. It just, it never, it never has and it never will. And it's logically impossible. So 
because on their side, they can say the same thing. They, they're picking body parts out of the rubble in Gaza right now, and they're saying these Israelis are not deserving of humane treatment. They just throw these bombs in here and indiscriminately bomb families and old people and children, and it's just absolutely unforgivable and unjustifiable, and they're both right. So I'm sorry if I pissed you off. Um, and anyone in, in Israel who's listening to this, uh, I, I feel incredible compassion for what you're going through. And I'm very sorry. And I wish there were more I could do. But all I can do is, is be honest uh, about how I see it and... You know, I, I was thinking about this last night, about the incredible courage of of people like Gandhi and Martin Luther King, who, using ideas that were originally espoused, I believe, by Henry David Thoreau in his essay, Civil Disobedience, the idea being that precisely as I was saying, violence begets violence, right? Uh, oppression creates grievance, creates a sense of victimization and injustice, which then fuels unforgivable behavior because that sense of injustice is so strong that you feel anything I do to the oppressor is justified because the oppression has been so inhuman and unjustifiable. And so it unleashes this cycle that never ends. And so Thoreau, um, his point was, you don't blow shit up. You don't kill people. You just refuse to participate. You, you are the water on the fire. You're not another log on the fire. So you refuse to pay your taxes to support slavery, which was the situation that he was dealing with. And your refusal to participate is your rebellious act. It's your, it's your revolutionary uh, step. And Martin Luther King and Gandhi did the same thing. They said, look, we're not going to fight the oppressor. We're going to refuse to participate. We're going to call national strikes. We're going to sit at this lunch table while these white racists pour ketchup on our heads and humiliate us and treat us like shit and people are taking photographs and those photographs are going to be in magazines and people are going to see what we deal with. And that is going to have a greater impact on changing the situation than any roadside bomb or any, you know, beating up a white guy or whatever we could do violently. Because again, that just plays into the hands of the oppressor. The oppressor has the strength. So of course they want you to fight them because they're going to win the fight. But what if you refuse to fight them? What if you show the world how fucked up this situation is? That's the only way. And that doesn't always work. I know the in Gaza Strip a few years ago, there were peaceful marches on on the border, on the, on the fences, on the prison fences. And the Israelis shot and killed them. A couple hundred, I believe. Um, no Israeli was hurt. Um, so what do you do? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Hey, Chris, um, and all you cool listeners out there. 
My name's Hannah. I'm from Encinitas, California. I'm uh, enjoying this rainy day we're having and uh, currently alternating between studying for school and planning an erotic party that I'm having at my house in a couple weeks. Anyways, if you uh, listen to this podcast, I think you're super cool. And yeah, stay fucking weird. Love you guys. Bye. Maybe that's what you do. You plan an erotic party. Well, Hannah thinks you're super cool. That's nice. She didn't invite you to the party, I noticed, but she thinks you're super cool. So uh, that's good. Hannah, if you are listening, I hope the party went well. I've been to Encinitas. Looked into living there at one point. Uh, I think Anya lived in Encinitas. Got some connections. That's a pretty cool town. All right. I am going to wrap this up for free listeners. Uh, Thank you for your attention. Love you all. And, uh, you know, if you don't have the cash and uh, you are interested in the bonus material, send me an email and I'll hook you up. Uh, I'm trusting your your sense of shame. For those of you who have tons of money and are just cheap, you're not going to take advantage of that. (laughs) But if you do, fuck it. What can I do about it? Um, So I'm not trying to exclude anybody, but I do want to give supporters something, something. Thank you for listening. And uh, I appreciate your support, whether it's moral, financial, emotional, psychological or whatever. Sending out lots of love to you. I hope you're doing okay. He said, baby, what's a big deal? Feel what you want to feel. Say what you want to say. You're going to die one day. For example, I could kiss you just because I want to. What's the difference if you turn away? I'm going to die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're gonna say. When everyone you've ever known is headed for a headstone, I don't wanna give the end away, but we're gonna die one day. Your body is an doesn't ask for much a little music and a soft touch why don't you let it out to play your heart is in a birdcage singing in your chest you want to shut it up but give it a rest you're gonna die one day why do we waste our time thinking about a reputation Go down
We'll go singing to the smoke alarms. We'll dance into the ground.